This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. was a busy day for both City and Rovers yesterday. First, former England international Joey Barton was announced as the manager at the Memorial Stadium. And then last night, Bristol City confirmed the former Leicester boss Nigel Pearson was taking charge at Ashton Gate. Patch Warner is a City fan and regular voice on Sound of the City with Jeff Twentyman. Morning, Patch. Good morning, James. How are you? Morning. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, pleased with Nigel Pearson? Yeah, I just listened to your advert then. It said a week's a long time in politics. Well, a day is a long time in football. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, refreshing the Twitter feed constantly on the hour, every hour, just to get that confirmation that that Nigel Pearson had joined. And I, I am pleased. I think it's exactly what we need, 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 exactly what we need. To be fair, it's someone who is going to come in, change the player's mindset, hopefully, and it's that grit and determination that we need and we need to start displaying that on the pitch a bit more. Because I remember last summer when Lee Johnson left and Dean Holden was appointed and that was not necessarily a particularly popular appointment with the fans, not because the fans had anything against Dean Holden. He's held in very high regard as a man and as someone who has served the club very well, but wasn't necessarily the high-profile experienced appointment that a lot of City fans wanted. Do you feel like now you've got that? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it was a, a bit of a shock uh, to, to most people when when they obviously went through the process and came out with Dean Holden as being the the one who who got the job because it was it was even announced in some places I think on Talksport that Chris Hutton had got the job. So to go from to go from that um, to someone with with little to no managerial experience was a shock. Um, and as you say. <laughs> Big thanks to Dean Holden for taking on the job because it was a risk for him to, to take on that job. Um, and I hope he does walk into a, to another job very soon. But um, yeah, I think with, with Nigel Pearson, we've got someone who who has got a, a proven a track record. I was listening to a podcast with him on last night, actually, and just to hear him speak some of the some of the some of the things that he's going to do, some of the things that he's um, he's got lined up, and, and the way he works with players. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It, I'm really, really excited about, about the appointment. And his contract at the moment is only until the end of the season. Do you hope and expect that he will stay on beyond that? Yeah, that is the only sort of nagging thing in the back of my head. Is I, I know it's probably uh, just for him to sound, sound the club out and, and vice versa and also the, the sort of the uncertain times that we're in. Um but yeah, it's it's one that you definitely would hope that that he is there next season because it is a little bit short termism. But at the moment, that's exactly you know it, we need it now rather than in two or three weeks' time, which uh, Steve was intimating on the radio last week. Uh, so I'm pleased that it's come in. The, yeah, the niggling thing in the back of my mind is I wish it was a, a sort of a two or three year situation. But um, yeah, I, let's hope that we can now steady the ship. And obviously, staying up now is the priority. You know, we're we're not we're not that close to the relegation zone, but it's just the form that we've been showing on the pitch that is concerning fans. And no one can see where a corner is coming from at the moment, let alone a goal. Three peeps in the podcast. 
Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Um, well, speechless again after uh, after being speechless chatting to Ryan in New Zealand. I am speechless. Where has that performance come from? Matt Withers, come in, sir. We're both shaking like uh, the proverbial. Um, yeah, like the, uh, the the toileting dog. Um, <laughs> do you know what, Patch? I can't remember the last time I've watched a game with nervous energy this season. Yeah, It got to about 20 minutes to go, and, and I, I mentioned when we were chatting to Ryan about... Um, a game against Coventry where I had to walk out and genuinely with 20 minutes to go or whenever they scored to make it 3-1, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit and watch this. Yeah. Like we, we can't possibly chuck this away. Yeah. I mean, did you sit, what could you did, say? Did you sit with like legs crossed and not move for that last sort of period yeah. of time? Yeah, very much so. And, I, and like you asked me if I was dead because I wasn't replying <laughs> to any texts and stuff, but I, I literally was kind of, don't want to move. Can't take a drink just in case for some reason that's going to cause any kind of. Yeah. But yeah, it was and it, and it was great to feel that nervous energy again. It wasn't just about the fact we were winning the game. It was the performance. You know, it's what we've talked about. It isn't just about winning. It's about the performance and mm. credit to them. Credit to them and credit to to Paul Simpson and Keith Downing, but to a man tonight, fantastic. Yeah. Um, whilst we're on the subject, uh, it'd be great to get some ideas from listeners of what any superstitions or any lucky actions or things that they would do um, in times like this when when we're hanging on. Um, do, do you know what? <laughs> it's, it's funny, Patch. One year, because we went on a run, and this is going back, I mean, I must have been mid-20s, but we went on a run where we started off really well. And obviously it was summer and I wore shorts. So for the entire season, I wore shorts, but I'm not so stupid that I'm like a full kit. So I um I had them under me jeans. <laughs> so yeah, but I am quite superstitious. Same same turnstile. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I All had that. that. We we used to sit in the dolman uh, with with the family, and we always went in the same turnstile, even if there yeah. was no queue in the other one. Uh, yeah. We would always go through the same turnstile. So, yeah, it'd be great to know uh, if anyone's got any uh, silly superstitions that they follow in times like that. But uh, Lee Paul is with us. Lee, have you got any uh, superstitions you want to share with us? I, I knew you were going to ask um, that. Um, uh, I don't change my pants, but then my partner would say I never change my pants. Say, <laughs> but I'd like to say no. Um, uh, not really, because I don't remember too many winning runs as a City fan. <laughs> so, um, probably not. No, um not really, if I'm honest, no. Okay, right. We'll, we'll get on with the game then. Uh, we we spoke briefly about Nigel Pearson um, and the appointment, and I think we'll just cover that a bit more at the end. Uh, yep. So, Matt, the starting lineup. we heard from, uh, from Paul Simpson before the game, and he said that the approach they've adopted is to, to put square pegs in square holes. And I think we did see that tonight. We had Wells and Gigi up, up front. We had uh, Tyler and um, and Hunt or as wing backs, if you like, with with Viner back in in defence alongside Callas and Mariapa. So three sort of natural centre backs, central defenders. Yeah, Naj and Bakinson uh, in in the middle. Palmer in a more advanced role, and yeah, everyone was sort of playing in position. And you and the key argue, one, the key one. Naki Wells playing down the middle. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
And yeah. I've been saying that for, for exactly. many years, many a yeah. week. Um, and Bentley in goal, which was which was nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, uh, do you know what? The, the, the big one for me with that patch, though, um, and this is where I'm, I'm not going to make out that I know better than anybody else or anything like that, but a number of us have been saying, play Riley Taylor, mm. but we've also been saying, and play Callas, his side, so he can talk him through. They did that tonight. And for me, what a game, Riley Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Um, he came up against Mendes Lang. Mendes Lang only got past that side of the pitch after Taylor had gone off. Um, I thought he was excellent tonight. And, the, you know, you, you've got to give... We, we don't know how much Nigel Pearson's had to do with that tonight. Um, probably very little. So credit to Simpson and Downing because they got the lineup right. They got the formation right. They got the tactics right. Um, so, yeah. I understand that that Nigel Pearson did have a, a brief meeting with them in the hotel. Um, what he said, I, I don't know, but um, he wanted to leave tonight's game to Simpson and Downing, as, mm. as you say, so credit to them. Before we come on to the positives, let's, I just want to touch on what do you think? Um, is it purely a, a mindset shift, um, a change in in aura atmosphere with 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 um with Dean Holden going but we've seen players go from 3 to 3 and 4s out of out of 10 up to probably 7 8s and 9s this evening for you Matt what what is the reason behind that um tonight i think was definitely the new manager being in the stands and i think players wanting to impress but i think you've got players playing in their right position and therefore thinking, I've got a bit of a clean slate here. You know, Simpson and Downing, yes, I know they've been here this season, but they haven't got the, the baggage for the last couple of seasons. So, you know, I look at someone like Casey Palmer, who has, has not just not featured enough for, for me. Um, and even under Dean Holden, he was loaned out. Then he came back in, he was in a game. Then when... Um, Patterson came back, it was straight out. So I think they, they've kind of thought, right, well, we've got an opportunity here. It's a new man. Let's let's show what we can do. But fundamentally, Patch, for me, it was actually players playing in the right position with the right shape. Um, and how many times have we done that this season? We, we just haven't. Mm, okay. Um, Lee, anything you want to add to that in terms of the banks? Well, I think, um, uh, Patch, you and I um, and, and Matt have been saying the same about Casey Palmer. I, I felt that tonight was based around Casey Palmer right in the centre. Um, and if you look at the spine of the team, you had Naki Wells up front and we know he's a proven goal scorer and he was playing down the middle. And I, one of the, the, the things I noticed tonight is that Famara Dijou wasn't coming um, uh, over the halfway line towards our goal, that he was going away from our goal towards theirs and running on to balls, and I and I think that was that's his strength. Centre halves are frightened to death when Dijou's running at them, and and I just felt that, like Matt said, uh, players were playing to their strengths tonight, and perhaps the handbrake was taken off um, tonight, and I felt that people like Palmer, and I also, and I've been a bit critical of uh, back in some recently, but I thought he was superb tonight, absolutely mm. superb. He, and I, I felt we played with the handbrake off tonight. Yeah, he tired, but I just thought yeah. it was that first first half performance. 
I can't recall, and he probably did, but I can't recall him wasting a pass. And the passes that he made were was so incisive and with a purpose, weren't they? Mm. But your, your point now, Lee, about Famara, um, and it's, it's ironic, really, because I thought for the first 10, well, probably up until he scored, his touch was abysmal again. And, and even Tins called it a couple of times saying, you know, he's got to really hold on to it. But tonight, what, what I found, again, in, incredible, really, because you saw it the weekend, but he was winning headers... And as per Naki's goal, Naki's then running onto it. And it was kind of, hang on, shit the bed. We, we've got two strikers playing as a partnership here. Yeah. What's going on? Who, who's actually told them you can you can play like that? Yeah. So, yeah, a, a great, great point, Lee. He was going the other way. Um, and it made a difference, made a big difference. But, but the, the formation was more or less the same as what we've been yeah. playing all season. And, you know, yeah. and if I'm going to put one kind of tinge of, of negativity on tonight... Um, if we could play like that tonight, where have they been all season? Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, and I said. worry that players have got a lot of power today. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. only one tinge. Yeah, no, that, and that's kind of where I was going with 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 the question. Uh, so let's get through the minutes then. Uh, second minute in, Wells and Jiju show early signs of connecting well, um, and Naj breaks into the box but just loses out. Um, in the fourth minute, it was a lovely ball from Backinson, which was one of many into the path of Wells, forward thinking on the front foot. It was just a joy to see Matt, and we haven't seen that. For, for a number of games? I think um, other than that first, what, half a dozen games with, with Tyreek, um, he's been nowhere near that player that he was tonight. But again, I think the way they set it, it allowed him to play like he did. He still, he kind of kept his discipline. So he still stayed um, just inside our half. You know, he did get forward as well, but he wasn't bombing on. Um, mm. We had Casey doing that. So him and, and Adam Nash, and let's be fair about it, Adam Nash tonight, mm. you know, and I've been mm. kind of semi-critical of him in terms of, he's, he's probably always been for us a five and a six, but I wanted to see more than just running, intercepting the ball, doing, he, he did everything tonight again with a real purpose. And that allowed Tyreek to do what he did. And, you know, I, I said it at halftime and we'll, we'll talk scores at the end. I thought it was just an outstanding performance from Tyreek tonight. It showed yeah. Nigel Pearson must be sat in that stand thinking, Christ almighty, what a player I got there. How old mm. is he? Mm. Yeah, I don't know, 25? Yeah, no, I was doing Nigel Pearson then asking Mark Ashton. Apologies. Um, I, I actually I, I actually enjoyed my Twitter dialogue um, during the goals. <laughs> we'll come We'll come to that in a minute. Um, to laugh at your own jokes, you know that. <laughs> well, tonight I can. I can do what I want. Um, seventh minute, Fami loses the ball and sets up a chance for Burrow. That was what you were intimating uh, yeah. just before there, Matt. So, uh, yeah, it, it was one of those ones where we did see see glimpses of, of Fami of old with, with that. Um, ninth minute, Backington to Jiju and the ball to Wells is too heavy, giving him too much to do. So we were we were pushing it forward. We were getting into good opportunities. Another great ball from Backinson. Yeah, and Jiju just lent, laid the ball off a little, with a little bit too much pace, Lee. Do you remember that one? I do. I remember thinking, what a great move. And then that ball just, you know, we've all been out. We we, just, we think we've done the right ball, but it's just a bit too much. And he was stretching and there was no way he was going to get power on that shot. And the defender got back and he cleared yeah. off the line. So, uh, you know, it was one of those, I thought, if that's our only chance this half, because we're used to having no shots on target, <laughs> yeah. then we may we kind of rue that opportunity. But 
hey, it doesn't matter now, does it? Absolutely. Twelfth uh, minute. This is so much better. Shot and goal for for Fami. It was a lovely break ending in Palmer laying it off neatly to Jiju, who struck it really well, and the keeper made a good save there, Matt. He did. Um, and you know, you, you've got to say as well what Palmer does so well. When he laid that ball in, Fam Fam didn't have to break stride. He didn't have to stop. He didn't have to quicken his pace. It was just a perfect sort of pass for him. And it was a good shot. You know, you can't can't be critical of him. He, he worked the keeper and the keeper made a good save. Mm. Okay. Uh, 21st minute, the deadlock is broken. The first goal in 363 hours or something. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And it was quite quite straightforward and simple. A lovely little cross, short cross from corner of the 18-yard box from Adam Naj, and, and Fami heads it in. He uh, got pace uh, and power on I, it. Patch, sorry, can I stop you there? Go on, Lee. I, I think we need um, certainly Matt to identify who won the header to get the ball in the box. <laughs> Tell us. No, I, I, I will do, although he didn't actually then do a very good cross, did he? <laughs> uh, so he won, he won the header, but the cross wasn't great. But no, uh, you know, I, I am critical of Jack Hunt. I don't, I don't make any bones about it because I think he's there's a better player than we see enough of the time. Yeah. Um, I think he, he he loses his head a little bit, and for me, his crossing isn't up to scratch. Um, but when he puts in a performance and he wants to to win the ball, mm. he can do that. And you're absolutely right to call it out, Lee. He, it was a good header. I thought the, the ball from, from Adam Nash um, was just perfect, wasn't it? I mean, again, Famara's just got to jump, get his head on it, knock it down. And it was one of, I don't know about you boys, but it was one of those where I was kind of looking at the TV thinking, has he saved that? Like, what's what's happened there? Because it just seemed, you said it, Patch, it seemed so easy, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and at, at that point, um, you saw Nigel Pearson talk, turn to Mark Ashton and say, <laughs> what exactly is the problem here? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my first joke that I laughed at, Matt. Okay. Uh, uh, one, one bad, one bad. So, yeah, 1-0 one, one up. And it's a goal that we haven't seen for for, for ages. <laughs> and the whole the whole night's shifted. And you can see yeah. that, that everybody's up for it. Backinson was continuing continuing with his good strides and shades of the player at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, 26 minutes. A chance for Middlesbrough. Callas actually cleared the ball off the line, mm. um, but just, just before that, he did like show a second indication of the fact that he was wearing ice skates. A couple of times, uh, he, he sort of fell over and lost his foot in. Mm. Um, and then I think in the second half, we saw Wells changing his footwear as well. Yeah, so they, they think, think they walked the pitch, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Quite, quite a quite a slippy pitch, but but a great clearance from Callas, who's I don't know the statistics, but must have a, a, a higher number of blocks tonight than uh, than any time um in in recent games mm -hmm. um 31st minute casey palmer makes an incredible tackle and feeds naki wells but comes to nothing great from casey matt come to you on this one casey palmer with a hook tackle and and winning the ball and then getting a chance out of it that's that's casey palmer that's all in all over <clears> isn't I, it again you know we we talk about um his ability on the ball and playing in passes and you know it, it's Brian Tinian calls it all the time. Casey Palmer's only as good as the runners he's got in front of him. Um, and tonight he had willing runners. He had midfielders who were, who were making space for him, but he had Naki Wells who was prepared to put the work in. Um, but his work rate tonight, Casey Palmer, and again, he tired, but his, his positional play, his tackling was top draw. Um, and it showed again 
that if you play him in that, <clears throat> excuse me, in that position, get players around him doing what they need to do, what a player you've got. Mm. It was almost a Bobby Moore-esque tackle, that one, wasn't it? It was brilliant, yeah, yeah. Uh, 33rd minute, back and some forward pass is excellent. Finds Wells, who turns inside majestically. Feeds Jiju, who finishes with ease. 2-0. Person turns to Ashton and says, no, seriously, what is the problem? <laughs> See what you've done there. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> but uh, Lee, your, your thoughts on that goal? Well, I thought um, Backinson's ball through was absolutely superb. You know, it was one of those where def- uh, defence split in pass and Dijou, you know, he had to do a bit of work there. But um, but what a ball through. And I think the credit's got to go to Backinson there. Um you know, because it, it was one of those, and I think Matt called it earlier about um, uh, the, the two in the midfield, or, or certainly um, Palmer and Backinson, were the ones who were creating um, this evening. I thought Nagy did all the kind of donkey work, the hard work, but those two were the creators. And, and, and I felt that he needs to take all the credit for that goal. I think you'll find it's actually Mark Ashton that does the donkey work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I think... upset him last night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you'll have an opportunity later on to. <laughs> to be fair, though, um, with Naki Wells as well, you, you know, we talked about he got a load of stick in the Sheffield game where it was a, a far, actually far easier pass that he had in, in that game. But it was a really, really good move, unselfish, yeah. played it lovely ball into Famara. And, you know, again, credit to Famara, whether he's been sort of tapped up for Middlesbrough and he thought, right, okay, let's put a few. Uh, Few extra bunts on the the deal, but it was a great finish. Really, really calm finish, wasn't it? It was. Okay, three uh, nil, thirty fifth minute. Jiju with a diving. We know header. what's coming here. <laughs> don't, hey, don't don't. He turned to Mark Ashton. No, hang on. Okay, let's let's go again. Thirty fifth minute. Uh, Jiju with a diving header pass uh, to Wells, who surges forward. The wind takes it slightly off course, but he still manages to retain the ball. Not quite sure where the keeper was at that point, but he went round the keeper. Pearson turns to Ashton and says, are you winding me up? (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, God, Matt, Uh, 3-0 after 35 minutes. I I can't even begin to tell. I think I was shouting, boom, get in there, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it was, you, you're right about the keeper, but I think when you when you sort of watched it back, <clears throat> obviously it was a, a good sort of header on by Famara and he's on the halfway line knack as he races through. And I think his first touch takes it away. And it was one of those no man's land where the keeper thinks, do I go, do I stay? Mm. He stayed. Mm. And obviously it just meant then that Naki had the run. He held off, I don't know if it was Housen, um, that he held off um, and a great finish again, just, just taking it wide of the keeper slotting with his left foot. And as much as I was really delighted for Famara tonight, I love the fact that Naki scored tonight because his, his, his all round game tonight deserved the goal. And that showed what Naki Wells is playing down the middle, give him a chance running through the bloke will score you goals. No two ways about it. Did either of you feel that um, Naki Wells lost control of the ball at one point? As oh, definitely on that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah I, definitely. Thought, I thought, mean, you know, if he's if he lost control. But yeah. his confidence meant he kept going. The keeper, as you said, hesitated. And that yeah. was it. So, yeah. yeah. 
Look, like you, Matt, I've been calling this all year that Naki Wells is a proven goal scorer. Give him the service. He he hasn't looked that interested to me um, playing for us this season. But I tell you what, we have got a goal scorer. We have. For the majority of the game tonight, they looked like a combination. Strike strike partnership, didn't they? Strike Mm. partnership that want to play for each other, want to play with each other. um, And... You play like that and you've got you've got 20 15 20 goals each um in performances like that yeah yeah no it was it was as you say it was a, it was a strike partnership both of them worked well together and and what i loved um and it was actually for famara's goal and i meant to say this but if you watch the footage back when tyreek plays the ball through mm. he thinks naki wells might have a chance and he's kind of exactly what you're doing Patrick he's got his hands kind of by the side of his head as if to say oh go on then he sees the pass into Famara and then when Famara scores he just goes ballistic and to see him and Riley Taylor an 18 year old you can see what it means to that kid playing for Bristol City you know they celebrated it and it it was brilliant it was a joy to see a joy to see togetherness tonight oh there really was Lee yeah there really was was, yeah it's important yeah Okay, uh, we had the halftime synopsis as we do get now from Rob Blamey. Uh, like watching a different team, intensity and purpose. Subtle change of Mariapa's centre of the back three and Callas to the left looked more natural. Our wingbacks actually started to play as wingbacks. All three midfielders were busy both in attack and defence and looking forward. Sudden change of mindset makes all the difference. As for Fam and Wells, eighth, eighth minute aside, strikers reborn. Uh, echoing pretty much what we've said there, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd still like to see the the wing backs getting forward more offensively and putting crosses in. Um, but actually, I also would say with both of them, both Jack Hunt and and in particular Riley Taylor, <laughs> Riley made a number of really good runs, and he didn't get the ball. Um, and one or two times, actually, he was the furthest man sort of forward. And if a ball had gone over the top, he was in on it. So, yeah, Rob, Rob spot on. And is it a coincidence that was Mariapa's best game? Yeah, I thought he was yeah. superb tonight. And yeah. Callas, it, you know, equally. Um, so, yeah, it was. What what can you say? You can't you can't be critical. The fact, mm. the, the the only shame of it was that um, other than Rob winning the money that he won on his bet. But yeah. the only shame of it was that they weren't able to keep a clean sheet because I thought they deserved that tonight with the way they played. Yeah, Tins made a great point about, you know, it would be something for the defence to yeah. celebrate, even though they celebrate the win, but you know what he means. Yeah. Um, the 65th minute, Tyler with an incredible tackle at the far post, cutting out a goal-scoring opportunity to, for Borough. Uh, and and he, we said this is something that, that he repeated um, sort of throughout the games, an assured performance for, for a kid of that age in your second or third appearance for the club. And what what a great tackle, Matt, that one. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, to spot the danger in the first instance and then to have the the courage to make a challenge like that, knowing if he gets it wrong, it's a, it's a stonewall, isn't it? There's you know, no two ways about it. Um, yeah, it was, a, a, I, as I said, I, I thought Riley put in a really, really good performance. And if, and if I was his manager or his coach tonight, I'd be taken to the side and saying, you, you know, you've set a standard there, son. You've, you've gone up against some of the best attacking players in this division, and you've not given them a look in. Mm. And what yeah, was great that's, to that's see, your standard. What was great to see, Lee, as well, was Callas almost bolt and braces behind him. 
Yeah, I mean, it, um, I, I just want to add in um, about um, certainly with, with uh, Riley Taylor. We, we've been calling for a left-sided player. Poor Taylor Moore and others have been playing there and they've just been out of position. The balance hasn't quite been right. But Riley Taylor, um, is, is he 18? Yep, yeah, 18. He'll, he'll feel 23-24 now because he's got through a game against uh, uh, an experienced player like uh, um, uh, Mendes Lang. And, and Mendes Lang didn't get much change from him at all. And I and I think that um, certainly if we can keep Riley Taylor there and Thomas Callas just behind him, talking to him, talking through the game, because Callas is an experienced player now. And um, and I, I think that uh, Riley Taylor will come on leaps and bounds as well today. And he must start Saturday. He must start to keep that going. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Seventy-second minute. Juju comes off and Semenyo comes on. Uh, I didn't quite see what happened to to Juju. Did you, Matt, see a knock or anything? I or? don't. Yeah, I don't know if he if he ever stretched or if it was a, a an impact injury. Um, I mean, he'd run. He had worked really, really hard, and he? he took a lot of physical. Um, sort of, you know, he's up against um, is it Dale Fry and obviously Paddy McNair as well. Mm. Um, so he, he he was put through the mill a little bit tonight. Um, so yeah, and, and I think it at that stage, what three nil. I actually thought it was probably a good call. I would have probably gone Antoine for for Naki um, before that because I thought Antoine might stretch him a little bit. Um, but One yeah, thing, hope, um, hopefully it's not a, a, a too bad an injury. Yeah. Didn't seem to be his hamstring, but who knows? One thing that I thought with Semenyo coming on and going up front is that I I found in the last six to ten games that Semenyo has just not just has been in the team and just sort of shoehorned in a little bit yeah um and goes back to the statement we made at the start that it was round pegs in round holes and that may have yes he's he's been the bright spark for a number of games and someone who who is creating chances and bursting forward when when quite frankly no one else around him was but that might have been at the detriment to the overall style of play for the team matt yeah, um, I think his his better performances have come when he's played wide um, and has come in, and, and he, he's definitely gone off the boil for him recently. But you're right, you know, may, maybe Dean was was desperate to try and get him in there because of the fact he was that that spark that we had, and probably the one forward player we had who could do something a little bit quicker, a little bit unexpected. Um, but you also have to say but that's because Dean, you were playing Naki Wells wide left or, you know, you were playing kind of Chris Martin when he'd been out of form or Famara when he'd lost a bit of form. So I think, you know, we, we, we got some decisions wrong. Let's be fair about it. You know, it, it's not all um, sweetness and light tonight. Not, you know, not everything's in the gardens rosy all of a sudden. And I do love the fact that Toby referenced the fact that we're only seven points off the playoffs. Um, that really is a man who, uh, yeah, knows, knows which side of the, the the bed to sleep on, doesn't he? But, um, you know, it, it, there's still work to do. But um, I thought, as you've said there, Patch, they had the right players in the right position and they didn't need to try and fit anybody in. Um, and they also made the right call with Sessignon. You know, would... Would Dean have opted to kind of play Sessignon like we did with Joe Williams? Who knows? It's, yeah. Mm, okay. Um, so 79th minute is when the goal comes. Uh, Bentley prevents a corner going straight in just before, but 
but uh, the clean sheet goes when the ball comes across and, and no one can clear it. I think Taylor stuck a foot out. Someone else yeah. tried to get in the way of it, but it just fell for Fry and he had a tap in. So we go in at 3-1 and, and then Matt goes off for a walk around the block at that point, <laughs> don't you, Matt? Well, it's pretty much, mate. Yeah, I did. It was unfortunately one of those that I think the ball got played over. Um, Jack Hunt made a good block. Um, I don't know who else kind of covered in, but the ball came across. And as you said, Riley stuck a foot out that then deflected it in towards Bentley, in towards, I think it was Tyreek who was stretching. And yeah, Del Fry was there at the back just to, like, as you said, roll it over the line, really, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, it does, it's gonna, it's gonna set you up as nervous because we've all we've seen it. We've seen us winning three-nil at halftime to Sunderland. We've done it ourselves away at Mansfield. I used the voice Ali. Um, so you know, it, it's one of them. The the game is never over until that whistle goes, is it? Mm. And then game management in the last 10 minutes for, for Simpson and, and Downing Lee making the substitutions. Pato and uh, Sessignon on, Palmer and Tyler off. And then later, Masengo on for Wells. What did you make of, of that? Well, just quickly going back to the point, I'm glad that we conceded in the last, say, towards the last 10 minutes rather than straight away after halftime because that would have been really... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the game... Do you know what was lovely? And I'm... And I'm sorry if I offend uh, listeners, but um, it's nice to see us playing the same tactics that Uncle Colin uses against everybody else. And I saw Bentley taking quite a long time with places. Yep, kicks. Yeah, I saw, I saw some substitutions. Uh, hang on, Lee, why would you upset the listeners with that? Uh, well, <laughs> we might have some listeners who are Cardiff fans or Middlesbrough fans. <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Or, or called Colin. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Uncle Colin uses it all the time, didn't he? And yeah. so it was lovely to see us do that because I think we've been naive in the past. And so it was lovely to see time wasting and so on. And I thought the substitutions were spot on because um, we were tightening things up a little bit. You know, people like, for example, uh, Masengo will be able to hold on to the ball and play those easy balls. Um, Patterson, interestingly, made a superb run at one point, but... Um, I can't remember what it was now. Nucky Wells. Nucky Wells didn't quite see him make that run. I yeah. thought if they could see him, he's through. So there was a bit more energy that came on. And I thought that was that was quite a, a masterstroke because actually um, Middlesbrough didn't really create a great deal after that. Although they were pumping balls into the box, I can't remember too many problems. It's just that the, the wind was sort of playing up, wasn't it? And so when the balls yeah. are whistling in like that, there's always a risk. And and you're right with Jamie's run, but then I'll flip it and say there was also one moment where he just watched the bloke run past him, yeah. Um, yeah. which I was going absolutely ballistic at because the boys had all worked really, really hard, covering their men, giving very little away. Um, and at that point, I thought, "Come on, Jamie. You know, you got you got to come on and be switched right on." I don't um, think I don't think that Patterson is a player to come on as a sub because he takes a little bit of a while to get going. He does take a little bit of time to warm up, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I thought the sub would have been Masengo for Nash because I thought he just looked absolutely out on his feet because he must mm. have. I'd love to know his running stats. Yeah, Nash run himself into the ground. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I'm sure um, someone. I'm sure someone can tell you. Yeah, there was one other thing as well, Patch. When um, there we had a throw in, didn't we? Which wasn't our throw in because the oh, yeah. ball actually yeah. went out. I think it was Naki Wells kicked it out, and actually Neil Warnock, who's off the pitch, then mm. kicks it, and the linesman then thinks it's their bloke. <laughs> Warnock went absolutely <laughs> ballistic, didn't he? Yeah, lovely okay. to see. Good old Colin. 
<laughs> okay, uh, and we rode the storm, and we win three one. Um, a few tweets came through. Lee Williams, uh, Pearson, or whoever needs to work on us stopping crosses. We make it very easy for them. Just a couple of strides closer, and the cross isn't getting there. It's doing my head in. <laughs> uh, it's been like it all season, make it, making it hard for ourselves. But hashtag eight more points. I guess that's. Uh, can't it be mathematically how many we need is it just like a target Matt in terms of yes what is it always say 50 point target isn't it I think 52 um is only once where um I'm trying to think who it was that went down with 52 um but yeah I think 50 52 I think the results might have gone for us a little bit tonight as well Okay. Um, and as Toby says, we're only seven points off the playoffs. Well, we're looking up now. Uh, looking Bristol, up, yeah. Bristol Dareboy, what a difference a week makes in football. This time last week versus Reading, totally toothless. Tonight, desire, courage on the ball, forward thinking, good move to put Callas left of the three to support Taylor. Obviously, they listen to the podcast, the management. Uh, Adam Naj, man of the match, stunning energy levels. Um, quite a few more coming through. But Matt, do you want to, we, we've, we've waxed lyrical for the last half an hour. Let's get to the crux of it. Let's get to your ratings. Okay. Uh, what are you going to, what are you going to do for us? So we'll go and again, shout, shout up as we go. Um, I'm going Dan Bentley. I gave him a seven. Um, I think at halftime might even have been a six, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, um, well, did actually thinking about it, did did he really have any saves to make? He pushed one onto the, onto the bar or over the well, bar a, from the corner. That was the cross, he? wasn't it? That he kind of and I I thought he he flapped a little bit at it, if I'm honest. But again, very difficult with the win. But um, I'm feeling generous tonight, so I'm going to go a seven. Um, okay, but probably more of a six performance, if I'm honest. I think the clean, um, the clean sheet was nailed on for a, for a seven out of for ten. For a seven, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, let's let's inflate a little bit tonight. Okay, yeah, because we're happy. We've we've been low scored, haven't we? Forgot <laughs> things how long. So yeah, um, and on on that basis, Jack Hunt, I gave a six at halftime. Come on, um, hang on, and drum I said, roll, drum roll, yeah, 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 and I said, well, and I'll I'll qualify why, but I said a six halftime because it was three nil, and I thought it was a good as a team, a good performance. And I got criticised by a few, naming no names, Colin Sutton, um, <laughs> that I only gave him a six. Um, I actually thought his second half performance improved to the point where a bowler actually got taken off. So on that basis, no, I'm still going to go six. <laughs> <laughs> because, because again, there are, there are a few things. He got booked when um, I think um, Brian Tinian sort of said, or... Um, not sure that, or Toby said, not sure that was a free kick. Jack Hunt was appealing it. And then Brian said, if it went to VAR, because he did leave something on him. Mm. It was stupid. Um, so yeah, to be fair to Jack, it was, it was a much better performance tonight from him. So I'm going to, I will be generous and I'll go seven, but really it's a six, but that's uh, all right. Okay. I was going to, I was just going to say to Lee, we've got the power to get him up yeah. to seven if we want to, but he's done it himself. So you, carry on. You're going seven. Yeah. You're both, you happy with that Lee seven for Jack Hunt? Yeah, I am. Um, Good. I, I, but I'm the same opinion about Jack Hunt as you, Matt. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a good footballer, but I don't feel sometimes he's got a footballer's brain. No, I agree. You know, it, it, he's he's wasteful. Yeah. And, um, and and I think one of his strengths is going forward, but his final ball is just sometimes over here. I just yeah. Think, anyway. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It is. No, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mariapa. 
Callas and Viner. Mm. Um, I thought Mariapa had an excellent performance. Um, and again, more, more so because I've moaned in and everything else. Um, and he's coming for a bit of stick. But tonight, I don't think he really did anything wrong, Mariapa. Um, and that clean sheet would have made a big difference. But he's he's at least a seven. But again, because I'm feeling happy about it, I'm going to give Mariapa an eight. I'm giving Callas... I'm going to give Callas an eight as well, but he's close to a nine because I thought it was a really good performance from him. But again, that clean sheet tonight. But I thought his blocking, I thought his first half performance patch was the the captain's performance that we've talked about where he's yep. leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going eight, but I wouldn't be against a, a nine from that point of view. Um, I thought he helped Riley Taylor, who um, I thought, you know, was, was excellent. So, and Viner again, the three of them, I'm going eight. I thought as a three, we looked really solid. You've you got to bear in mind, I bet Borough are one of the teams that put the ball in the box more than any yeah. other in this league because yeah. that's what Neil Warnock does. And, you know, I referenced it. Dan Bentley didn't have many saves to make and a lot of that was because of the blocks and the clearances. So for the three at the back, that central three, I'm going eights. With, and I'm with, going, Vine, with Viner, Matt, um, yeah. obviously you could argue he's been been not played out of position but in less comfortable position he's covered for us hasn't he in he's there, yeah. covered he's yeah. covered really well tonight yeah. i i can't say that he stood out which is a good thing in that in that regard like we've talked about nash isn't it he, he he did his job didn't make any mistakes didn't get caught at all i didn't think from from anything that i saw and it's difficult again watching on tv but yeah no completely agree patch um and he, he just looked really comfortable in there, didn't he? And, and it just felt, or I, I felt tonight, and ironically, as I said, against a, a real test with the way they put the ball in the box, I thought the three of them looked really comfortable. And we 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 restricted them down to half chances and shots from outside the box, didn't we? Mm, yeah. Um, Riley Taylor, um, I'm going eight. And the reason I'm going eight is, again, it's his third game. He's 18. He's up against Mendes Lang in the second half. Um, a Somba Longa then comes on and, and comes out wide and starts running at him. Johnson's out there. Um, and I don't think he put a foot wrong other than, okay, the goal, he stuck his foot out. That's going to happen. Mm. Um, but I thought it was a really, really accomplished performance from him. And what I liked is a couple of times he got the ball tight on the touchline, still held onto it, managed to get himself some space and actually played two or three times a really nice pass up the line that we didn't then get a runner on. So, yeah, I thought I thought Riley was a great performance. And as Lee said, has to start Saturday. What would he have what would he have to do to get a nine for you, Matt, in terms of uh his his overall performance? Probably just a little bit more offensively. Um, but again, as I say, I think he made a number of good runs and didn't get the ball. And then also I think with the goal, you know, you could argue that you know, better player probably doesn't stick his foot out then, you know, because he was far enough away from it. But um, yeah, that's, you know, that's being ultra critical. I I thought it was a really good performance from him. Um, The midfield. um, So we'll go Adam Naj and and Tyreek. Tyreek, I thought tired. He was a nine for me at halftime. He was still, was he still my man of the match? Yeah, I I think he was still my man of the match. I thought he... He still kept trying to do the right thing. And again, for a young lad um, against really experienced midfielders in the likes of McNair when he pushed in there, but Housen as well. Um, some of that passing in the first half was was exemplary, wasn't it? Unbelievable, yeah. 
Um, and Adam Nash, again, his energy, I agree with Dow. I thought it was a, a, a really good performance. Um, and I'm going to go Adam Nash, um, again, an, an eight, but I wouldn't argue again with a nine running in close because I thought his work rate was phenomenal tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he, the way he controlled the ball and he was passing and setting stuff up, he was he was far more offensive. And, and in the first couple of minutes, he was the one who broke through and had an opportunity to, to sort of get a shot and it, it didn't quite come off. And he found, so, yeah, space, so, found space for the assist for the first yeah. goal that started the ball rolling, really. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, Casey, I'm going eight. Because again, I thought he was trying to do the right thing. A couple of his passes were, were delightful, but it was his work rate as well. You know, he's, he wasn't just a prima donna who watched what he was doing. Again, I'm, I am probably a little bit um, demob happy in the fact that we've got a win there and it was important. But it was it was a performance for me that we've all been calling out for. But Casey playing in that midfield, but just drop back behind the front two and let him do what he needs to do. And then you've got Naki running onto it. And then from a forward point of view, you could argue two nines for both, but I'll go two eights for both. I thought Naki's work rate was excellent, really good goal, was always a constant threat in terms of his runs and, and being found out. And then for Mara, you've got to say two really good goals. Um, well, and he, we he worked hard, you know. In fact, we haven't seen goals for quite some time now. Yeah. You know, the, you've still got to put it in the net and, and both of them show what, why, they're, why they are where they are. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, we, we know we've been talking, the three of us in, in particular, but I think pretty much everyone to a man that we've had on the podcast about playing Naki down the middle, getting some service. In reality, we still didn't provide enough service, certainly not from out wide, did we? Everything was through the middle. And you still got to be a little bit careful about that. A, a manager like Steve Cooper, I guarantee Saturday will have recognised our threat comes through the middle and Tyreek or Casey playing those kind of balls. So you you also need to, you know, I'm sure Nigel Pearson will work it out, but you also need to think, well, how can we get some width in the team and get balls coming in from wide as well? You know, get Riley running forward. Um, but, you know, I, as I say, I'm probably, I, I've probably upscored it a little bit there, but whereas I've been really dour and negative with scoring of late, you know, we've, we've been down as lows as twos, twos and threes, haven't we recently? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a deserved performance. And then for the gaffers, you've got to say they got it right. 3-1 away at, Col- uh, at um, Collins, Middlesbrough. On a, a night like that, it's a long trip. They got the selection right. They got the formation right. Um, for me, I've got to go eight for them as well. Okay. All right. I uh, Yeah, I mean, they're all three or four or five higher than they have been. So it, it is a marked improvement. And uh, not many nines though, Patch. Yeah, no, I was yeah. just gonna I was just gonna say your your comment then about, about the managers. Yeah. I thought you were going down the nine route. I did. I wouldn't I I, I again I, as I said, I didn't give many nines. I think in fact I only gave it to Tyreek, didn't I? Hmm. Um I think you could arguably give um Nash there. You you potentially were talking about Riley hmm. um and probably the front two as well. Um and yeah, probably the managers. So I'll okay. I'll quite happily Tonight being the night that it is, um, the night we got back in the promotion race. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, yeah, let's upgrade that. Let's upgrade those three to nines. Then I think okay. that's that's uh, for for me and Lee. Particularly that keeps, the, that keeps Suts happy as well. Yeah, particularly the managers um, yeah. for for yeah for getting it right. Okay, um, so we before we come on to Nigel Pearson very briefly. Uh, Saturday, Swansea away. Uh, 
you can't change the starting lineup, can you? Unless unless someone's injured, Matt. Well, Adiju looked. He was he was walking quite gingerly at the end, Adiju. So I'm worried. Will he recover in time? He's going to be absolutely crucial because if he's on fire, um, yeah. the Swansea back four won't know what's hit them with Wales playing uh, well. So I'm a little bit worried about that, Pat. So I don't know who we could bring in um, mm. to kind of to replace him. Really, well, I think it would have to be Semenyo as the only real yeah, option that we've got but Matt if if Juju is fine is it the same starting 11 for you yeah 100% um I don't think we've got any any other players coming back from from injury yet obviously Liam Walsh played against the 23s today for what was it 60 minutes or whatever and they're talking about him having another 23s next week I'd actually give him another two or three 23 games before we bring him bring him back in um, as per the sort of Jay Williams situation, you know, let let him play a few games. Yeah, we're all desperate to get him back, and apparently he looked very good. Um, but let's give him a few games to make sure that he's he's fully fit, so that when he brings back, you know, comes into the team, he can play 60, 70, 80 minutes. Um, but no, I, I would keep it exactly the same patch. Um, injuries okay. allowing, yeah. Okay, so you guys were on the radio last night. Uh, I was on the radio this morning talking about Nigel Pearson. Is he the right man for the job? I said he's exactly what we need. And I've actually attempted to do a little bit of uh, um, DJ mixing on that bit at the start. So uh, I hope you enjoy that, everybody. Um, but what, mine, mine in Leeds, do you mean? Or? No, 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 yours didn't, oh, make, okay. yours didn't yeah. make the cut. Yeah, we didn't make the cut, yeah, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but he is the right man for the job. Exactly what we need. It, it's, it's setting out a stall. It's showing intent. It's a man that... You know, we we joke about him being a, a strength, you know, strangling that guy on the sidelines and things like that. But it's that sort of grit and determination which which we have been lacking. Uh, Lee, give me your thoughts on on Nigel Pearson's appointment. Well, names like Eddie Hay were banded about, and I never thought we would get some like him. And I don't actually think he's someone we need at this time. I feel that Nigel Pearson is a good fit for our club at this time because we've got good players who are clearly underperforming and all it takes is organisation um, for us to get a bit stronger, a bit more physical, um, a bit wiser. And actually, um, I think Pearson will provide that confidence. You know, I'm thinking now, uh, imagine if we were playing for Bristol City and in walks Dean Holden, and then in walks Nigel Pearson. Our whole kind of persona, our, our, our whole way of what we will play will change. And I think that um, Nigel Pearson has got that, that kind of charisma. I, I, I've done a lot of research about him and what he's been like at clubs. And at clubs, he, he has, you know, he's literally tried to strangle players, but he's got hold of players. And... Um, and he's he's turned them into to decent footballers. I mean, if you look at um, Leicester City, I think Leicester City can owe a lot of their success to Nigel Pearson's work. It's only because he fell out with Milan Mandaric um, that he left. And if you remember, he went back again um, after Milan Mandaric left. So he's got a great reputation. Um, he's also got reputation for, I, I think Pat Murphy called him uh, he said there's there's um, maybe times when you may come across as a bit of a bully. 
and perhaps you've got anger management problems. But do you know what? You, you're in a cutthroat industry, and sometimes you have to be a bit kind of bullish in the way that you yeah. are. Got to say, have you watched that Pat Murphy interview patch? I haven't. I listened to the, uh, the ITV football podcast the, from four nights ago, and right. I'm really happy with how he came across that. What was the main takeaways from yours? So, if you if you look at the Pat Murphy one, and this is going back, um, I think I think was he in charge of Leicester? Lee at the he time? was Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'd obviously had some ruck with a, a previous reporter, and I don't know if it was the the instant where he called the guy an ostrich. It was, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was, right. yes, I have seen that one. Yeah. So he, he called him an ostrich, in, um, and then Pat Murphy came back on him, and apparently, um, I, I'm not close enough to it and, and read it in detail, but Nigel Pearson apologised the next day, and then Pat Murphy was calling him out on it. The, the bit that impressed me the most, and it would be easy to kind of go, oh, God, he's, he's a bit abrasive, and, you know, is he... But the way that he handled himself in that confrontation, for want of a better phrase, with Pat Murphy, he was very cool, I thought. And he would, Pat Murphy was kind of saying, you know, you, you know, people would argue that you're a bully. And Nigel Pearson was kind of, would they? Okay, right. I mean, that's your opinion. And he was very calm like that. And, I, and it just made me think, you know, if you've got a bloke like that, and Lee, you've said it, the, the statue of the man, He's going to walk in a room and you are going to look at him and think, oh, shit, like, I don't want to upset him. And, <laughs> um, and it's, a, it's a, a really brilliant point. And I called about Eddie Howe, but it's a brilliant point from Lee. Eddie Howe is probably a manager that you might have had if you were mid-table in November and you got you weren't in any danger and you might be able to sort of get somewhere. We're not that, or, or, or we weren't before tonight and I'm not saying that tonight changed everything but we were in a team that would have gone I think one of the fourth the fourth worst record if we'd lost tonight um we were a team that were in free fall no confidence and it needed someone strong a proper man's man to come in knows what they're about and a bit old school like Neil Warnock like Mick McCarthy that will get you solid and then get you playing um and you know for, for me I, I don't think there could have been a better appointment. I, I laughed a few times today. There was one, there's one guy on Twitter, and I'm not going to embarrass and name him, um, who was sort of saying that he's not going to get behind him. Um, he's got to prove to him that he's the right man. He can't believe we've appointed him and we should have gone for Frank Lampard. And you look at it and you go, Frank Lampard, what? He spent millions at Derby and they got to the playoff final and lost. And he spent hundreds of millions at Chelsea and done nothing. Mm. What a gamble that would have been. Yeah, We've got a man proven at this level and it, it might not work out none of us know you know I, I said last night Tottenham fans would have been cock a hoop about Jose and he's going a bit sour there none of us know it will work out but for me you've got a man who is knows what it's about will get you organized and when he talks players are going to listen make no mistake about that and I guarantee you there will be the odd ruction <laughs> on a training pitch and things like that um, but it's what we needed because I think we've been way too soft mm. we've had no physicality in the team and I think that will change under Pearson and I just hope I actually hope that we get a run of games and a run of wins that they make the decision before the end of the season and say this is what we want here's a two-year deal three-year deal whatever and we don't wait till the summer yeah and for you Lee any concerns in terms of the only to the end of the season versus a two-year deal like Mr Barton's got I tell you what, it's the best thing we could have done because he's trying us out and we're trying him out. 
And um, uh, <laughs> we, we know that Pearson has fallen out with a number of owners. Um, I think Steve Lansdowne has got a superb reputation in football because he, he sticks by his men in general. There was an article by Ian Holloway um, in one newspaper. There was a column and he said that there's a sacking culture in Bristol. Well, I wouldn't say that about our club. Um, did you two read that? Yeah, he, I think he got a bit of stick from Tommy Widrington as well, didn't he, for, did he? for the Rovers side of things? Yeah. Did he? Um, I think that's Ian Holloway making a bit of news, but you know, let, let's be fair about it. Dean Holden was on a hiding to nothing, and the three of us all felt that. You know, yeah. we we've talked about it at length. Um, he's probably unlucky that in such a short space of time, you have to say from Bristol Rovers' point of view, yeah, they've obviously had a couple of managers in quick succession. But yeah, I, I you know, I'm with you, Lee. I think uh, it's what, a sensible what, move, isn't it? What was Steve Lansdowne is quite an honourable man, I think, yeah. and. And I think he, he he stood by Lee Johnson through absolute hell, didn't he? Let's be honest. I, how Lee Johnson survived with all the banners and all the yep. fans disgruntled and so on. So I I was I thought it was quite honourable by Steve Lansdowne. He said, "No, we've got something good here, and I'm going to stand by my man." So for all the way to come out with that, I thought that was absolute rubbish. But um, Nigel Pearson might think I don't want to work with Mark Ashton. Uh, because I think he's put other managers off in the past. And so I think it's good because um, Nigel Pearson will want to work us out and we will want to work him out and no commitments there, Pat. So that, that's how I feel. And the manager, not coach, Matt. That's just you. Patch. I was just going to say those exact words to you. Um, I, I actually think that's a big part of it. And and I know what Lee's saying there about Mark Ashton, but I, I genuinely feel like you've got a bloke now that will will stand up to, to Mark Ashton, will say what he wants. Um, I actually think they'll probably work well together, but I think you've got a bloke who will actually say, no, 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 that's 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 my remit. I'll pick that up. Don't worry about that. You you do what you're doing with, you know, the stadium, the training ground, whatever else it is. Um, so yeah, and and it's it's kind of not been addressed in the media yet, has it? It'd be interesting tomorrow as to whether Gregor asked the question. Um, but they've they've been at pains the last few appointments to talk about it's a head coach role, haven't they? Mm. So I so, wonder whether they'll say about it. Yes, it is a manager, and this is what it 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 means, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it's not just a, a mistake of the first person to report it and just said manager as opposed to to head coach. No, but... Steve Lansdowne said it as well. Okay, Steve so, so I looked. Time. I looked it up. Uh, the key differences between the roles: a manager has complete control over his staff, transfers, and player contracts, unless, of course, they're working under a meddling owner. While a head coach just trains and picks the team, with the owner or director of football taking the pressure off of them by dealing with the rest. Well, I asked. Oh. I asked Jeff Twentman last night. He did. Yeah. What is the role of a CEO? And actually, I mean, well, Jeff didn't really come back with an answer and I didn't expect him to, but that was a bit of a, more of a rhetorical question, really. Mm. You know, uh, what what is Mark Ashton's role? And um, and I feel that he's... Oh, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll ask him next yeah. time he's on. He, he did, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but you see... What a terrible Scouse accent that was, Lee, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> was that Scouse accent? Was it? No, it, it was meant voice. to be. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, really got a Scouse accent. He's more Bristolian. <laughs> but um, but he, yeah, he, he didn't really um, he couldn't really answer that. Um, no. but because I, I worry that that he, um, Ashton's been there since 2016, I think, 
when Lee Johnson was appointed. So he, he kind of had someone who they could mould um, and then they could mould Dean Holden. All of a sudden, Nigel Pearson's coming and say, hang on, that's my job. Your job is to look after the business. I'm looking after the football matters. And, yeah. and I wonder if we might see some sparks flying, which might be good for the club. Well, my, my friend Trini, who I go to football with and I've done for 30 years, um, she's been adamant the last appointments with Lee Johnson and Dean Holden that they were yes men, didn't agree with it, didn't rate it at all. Um, and on, on the back of that, even in the really good times with Lee Johnson, Trin was never, ever behind him because she always felt like he was a yes man. Mm. Well, um, he was a head coach. Well, exactly that. Um, but and I think because of the relationship with Steve Lansdowne as well, whereas now you've got a bloke, there's no, whatever you want to say Nigel Pearson is, one thing he isn't is a yes man. Yeah. He will absolutely, he's the sort of bloke, if he doesn't do what he wants to do, he'll walk out. He will yeah. do. That's the sort of bloke that he is. Do, and it's what we need. It's what you know, we need. Do you remember what Steve Cottrell was in terms of head? I thought he was manager, Steve Cottrell. But, okay. but, it, but, um, uh, but he but, bought words uh, with Keith Burt, didn't he? He brought yeah. him in. Yeah, Ashton wasn't there at that time. No, Steve Steve Cottrell brought Keith Burt in with him. So I think even if he was head coach, he was working with someone that he trusted on the recruitment in. Right. Um, yeah. I think Ashton, did Ashton come in just before Lee Johnson? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought he yeah. did. I thought he was there he with, with Exactly. Cottrell. A couple of months. Yeah. yeah. A couple of months. But uh, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good good shake there, Patch, and it would be nice to think... Um, and I'm sure he will, uh, but it'd be nice to think that Gregor will, will kind of ask the question. Um, yeah, it could be an interesting because one. Because a lot of people have picked up on it, haven't they? Yeah. But you know, tonight, um, Nigel Pearson was in a win-win situation, wasn't he? Because <laughs> if, if we'd have lost, it was, I didn't get to train him. If we'd have won, well, this is my impact now. Yeah. They know what I'm up for. And, I, and actually, what, what, we can't, what we can't do is get too carried away because it's one game. We mm. can't do that. You know, don't take the highs too high. Don't take the lows too low. Um, it'd be interesting to see how we set up on Saturday against Swansea. Um, the, the other thing I, I would say is that I knew that going to Middlesbrough tonight was going to be a tough assignment. Neil Warnock is not, uh, it's not someone who um, is, you know, is unwise to these situations. He's going to he's gonna know the impact that Pearson's got. So I was hoping for a draw. I, I thought if we mm. could have drawn... Oh, we'd have took it, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that we've won 3-1, that first half performance was just superb. You know, last time I saw that, that was against Huddersfield, I think, when we beat them for something or other a couple of years ago. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was. We were on the front We were on the front foot, and that's what I wanted to see. If, so, if anything, well, if anything, his job on Saturday now has become a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Uh, because obviously we've got a three-one victory that no one, let's, let's be frank, no one really expected. Mm. Um, and you know he he's coming in on Saturday. He's saying he starts his job tomorrow. Mm. I'm just saying, yeah, hard job. Um, one yeah. final tweet just come through from from Doctor Dean. Tonight we saw a Bristol City side playing for their future, compact, disciplined and hardworking. The new manager effect has worked its magic again. An opportunity for Nigel Pearson to assess the squad. Great start to an exciting new era in Nigel, we trust. And Adriano Basso as well with a couple mm -hmm. of tweets today. Um, he's worked with him in the past uh, and is right behind him. Also. Well, and, and I said earlier on, Patch, didn't I? Joey Barton was was asked about it in his press conference with the, the Rovers yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he said what a great coach he was and what a great man he was. Um, 
So it's, it's very easy to get caught up in some of the media stuff in it. And when you see it and, you know, you saw on the sidelines that time, the, the one you referenced with MacArthur from, from Pistol Palace, where mm. it kind of went into him. We've all been in situations where even when we've played football, where someone's kind of tackled you in the wrong way, didn't mean anything by it, and you've reacted to it. And that that's all that was. Well, and, he, and he actually landed on him more or less. Yeah, exactly. Me. So, you know, I, I the, the big thing for me, and, and again, you've referenced it there, the excitement. The, the buzz last night and today, and I think tomorrow as well, uh, on the back of a 3-1 win and on the back he's doing all his press tomorrow, isn't he? Yeah. Um, the, the buzz is right there. And it's it's actually quite a clever appointment as well, isn't it? Because if they start to then bring out the early bird season ticket, yeah. we get a, if we get a run of wins as well. Steve Lanzo's not a stupid man, yeah. um, but getting an appointment like this, so many people have said, and I'm talking about proper moaners like me, um, <laughs> have said... Do you know what? That's as good as it could have got. You know, I'm really pleased with that. That's a real, a real change from what we've done of late from a management point of view. Brilliant. Let's see what happens. Can, can, so, I, ask kudos. A, a can I ask you both a question? Um, uh, how many games have you looked forward to this season? And be honest. I, I for me, I look forward to every game. I, I, yeah. Apart from, apart from the last one. If I'm honest, apart from the last game. Yeah, I, I'll be honest to say the same. I think I'm, I miss it so much yeah. that even when we've been losing, I've still looked forward to it. But I know what you mean, Lee. If you then ask me five minutes in, how yeah. much am I enjoying the game and how much do I then enjoy it? Not at all. I can, I can honestly say I can't remember the amount of times over the years that I've watched City where I've been that uninterested in it. And as I've said, you've got proper fans the likes of, of Dell, the likes of Nigel we've had on, who have been decorating and stuff rather than watching the game because they, you know, they knew what we were going to get. And that was it. We knew what performance we were going to get mm. week in, week out, didn't we? But they um, won't be decorating on Saturday against Swansea. Uh, well, I doubt it very much. Yeah. <laughs> some, of them, the some of them might. Nigel, <laughs> his missus wears the trousers, but <laughs> I, I'm only joking, Nigel and Helen. Brilliant. But she does. They're on their way around. <laughs> Uh, okay, good question, uh, Lee. Um, right, a little bit of admin for me. Um, the mishmash poster that our friend Ryan in New Zealand designed. Uh, please do have a look at that. Get that pre-ordered. I think you can pre-order it for delivery mid-March, but we are offering one as a prize for people who retweeted the podcast on Saturday and also for the people that retweet the podcast tonight. So there's already about 40 names in the hat. So you can get your name in the hat twice or get it in the hat uh, separately for that. So please do that. Um, I am going to release a new podcast series on Thursday. So Thursday I'll make an announcement, but it is Bristol city related and I think you're going to enjoy it so please do follow at 3piapc on twitter to get that and also subscribe to the podcast because it will then appear magically in your in your podcast provider and i did a little uh, poll actually uh, yesterday and asked people which podcast provider they use so the top two by quite some way were apple and spotify so going forward i'll put an apple and spotify link in the posts last thing uh saturday swansea we're going to start at two o'clock we're going to talk through the team news but we're going to be joined by uh someone who the name you might not know but alan hedford 
has been the tea man down at Ashton Gate for the past, I don't know, I'm guessing 30, 40 years, but you will recognize him when you see him, Matt Withers. Uh, No, no, I'm laughing, mate, because when you said the tea man, I envisaged like a PG tips type bloke or someone because of all the, 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 the irons in the pot, whatever the phrase is, the, you know, things in the pie that you've got fingers in the pie. I'm thinking, Oh my God, he's now managed to get some tea bloke delivering to him on a Friday. (laughs) So I thought it was that I know exactly what you mean. You're on about the bloke who would stand by the tunnel, especially at the Atio end. High five or more. Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. 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 So I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, is he bringing any tea or? <laughs> well, he, he only actually lives around the corner. I saw him out walking oh, the other day. Oh, right, okay. uh, so he lives around the corner from me, but obviously we'll be doing it over Zoom. But yeah. he's going to uh, have so many stories that he oh, can share yeah. with us and some that he can't, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to join us uh, for half an hour pre-match when we go through the team news. That probably won't be too many changes. So it'll be all stories from Alan. So uh so Brilliant. check that out and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. But for now, thank you very much to Lee Paul. Thank you. To thank Matt you, Matt gents. And thank you. we will Thanks, be back Lee. on Saturday. Thank you, Patch. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. White rose, the feeling of home. Warm smiles, the crash and burn.